FF Educator here to talk 2023 rookie running back seasonal projections here. Took a little bit of a break to catch my breath post-draft, but we are here ready to break down a lot more content. So we're going to do rookie projections here to get some seasonal value over the next couple episodes. I'm also getting ready to unveil the 2024 rookie big board. So we're going to start that summer scouting process. We're going to understand the Devi context here. The rookie big board discord is going off with draft advice, trade advice, roster building advice, and just having fun in the discord as well. Folks, you got to get in on it. Head on over to patreon.com slash rookie big board. I know we are post the 2023 NFL draft, but the content has not stopped, and this episode should be a really good testimony to that because we're going to be talking about my seasonal projection sheet, which is available to patrons over at patreon.com slash rookie big board. So if you are a patron, you can actually go through this episode with me, click around on the individual team tabs because I have full projections for every NFL player, not just the rookies we're going to be talking about. But let's go ahead and start with, of course, course the top rookie running back no drama here no suspense we're going to be talking about Bijan Robinson now Bijan Robinson I want to give you the context of how special of a projection this is right off the bat he is running back to overall in my seasonal projections he is the going to have the second highest rookie projection so this is going to be as close as we can get to 2018 Saquon Barkley where Barkley had 24.1 PPR fantasy points per game. He rushed the ball 261 times for 1,300 yards and found the end zone 11 times while pulling in 91 receptions. So Bijan Robinson isn't quite that high, but the, the Atlanta offense can absolutely revolve around him in a similar way. So with Robinson, I have 276 rushing attempts, 1,380 rushing yards, seven scores on the ground with an efficient five yards per carry, 67 targets, pulling in 70% of those for 47 receptions and five touchdowns. That's 12 total touchdowns for folks doing some quick mental math. I do expect Bijan Robinson to be the center of the Atlanta offense, but I don't want to forget here, and this is why my my uh, although I think Bijan Robinson is a fantastic pass catcher, my targets aren't as high as Saquon Barkley's was back in 2018 because I do want to keep in mind that we have a great pass catcher in Drake London who clearly has good chemistry with Desmond Ritter. We of course have Kyle Pitts there. I'm not sleeping on Jonu Smith or Mac Collins as well, and I want to also keep in the context here that that. This whole projection is Robinson just having 48% of the rushing share because Desmond Ritter is going to run the ball. I think Algier is still going to be a rotational back. And then Cordero Patterson it should still get some touches as well. Now, certainly much less than in the past. But it's clear here that you can be realistic with the Bijan Robinson projection and still end up with him being the second overall running back. He's in a tier of his own. He's been in a tier of his own. Now, 
throughout this episode, I want to reference, you know, where I would take these guys in seasonal leagues, as well as where I would take these guys in underdog, right? Because if you're playing underdog fantasy football, if you're playing in those contests, that is the best way to get a gauge of seasonal ADP because it's it's similar to mock drafting where you can just go on and you can do a ton of drafts at once and you can play pretty low stakes, right? Uh, contests start as low as $3 a game. Those are the ones that I just do. I have uh, you know, four or five open at once. Um, but there is a little bit at stake here. So people are drafting for real. And so it's much more reliable ADP than mock draft data. But you can get in on it pretty cheap as well, right? Um, and so when I'm looking at Bijan Robinson here, his positional rank in underdog right now is two. The overall rank is seven. I think that is spot on. I am drafting him as the second running back. I want Christian McCaffrey first. Then I want Bijan Robinson. And I've taken him higher than seven because remember, underdog is not super flex. It, it's one quarterback. So I've definitely taken him four, five, uh, six before. And I'm getting a pretty decent exposure to Bijan Robinson. So that's, that's the top running back in the class here in the context of the Atlanta offense. By the way, as I allude to and, and reference Underdog throughout this episode, want to make sure folks know that the rookie big board is now partnered with Underdog. Now, I've been playing since it launched a few years back, so I'm really excited about this partnership because it's a product I use literally every day. And if you want to get in on it, like I said, practice that ADP, get an idea of where it is. And also it just adds for a really fun element in season to be able to go back and check and just see kind of, you know, get a, get a read on how you did throughout the summer drafting. Uh, you can get in on it. Use the promo code RBB and you get a hundred percent deposit match if you are a first time user. So, so no better time, no better way to try out the platform and you support the rookie big board while you're doing it. It's a real win-win. So we're going to slide down a little bit just outside of running back one territory to talk about Jameer Gibbs, who I currently have projected as the running back 14 in seasonal projections here. So let's talk about Jameer Gibbs in the context of the Detroit offense. Now, What's encouraging and exciting and helps me lean into a strong projection for Jameer Gibbs is that Detroit clearly made a point to get Jameer Gibbs. They could have taken Bijan Robinson. They traded back and then prioritized Jameer Gibbs despite the fact that they already had a lead running back in DeAndre Swift and they signed David Montgomery in free agency. Dan Campbell and this Detroit front office wanted Jameer Gibbs, and that means he's going to get on the field early and often, folks. In total, I have about 250 touches as a rookie for Jameer Gibbs. That is a maxed out projection. You know, I thought going in he would be at about 225 touches, but again, seeing that enthusiasm, I think they're going to want him to get on the field early, and man, he is a good stylistic fit with Jared Goff in that play-action offense, right? So Gibbs, efficient, 182 rushing attempts, that's 38% of the market, and then 53 receptions, that's 12% of the passing market. Now, in the context of the Detroit running game, you have David Montgomery there at 32%. So we're not washing David Montgomery out. I think that he's going to be about 30 touches on the ground less than Jameer Gibbs so close, but we know Montgomery isn't efficient. So 4.2 yards per rush compared to Jameer Gibbs, who I have super efficient at 5 yards per rush. If we're going to put this in the context of past rookie seasons, I'm going to have him landing somewhere between Jonathan Taylor's 2020 season where he averaged 16 
13.9 fantasy points per game in PPR formats. And Miles Sanders' 2019 season where he averaged 13.7 fantasy points per game. Now, I think Gibbs is going to push double-digit touchdowns similar to the way that Jonathan Taylor did, but he's also going to really rely on those receiving yards and receptions to help kind of boost his capital similar to the way Miles Sanders did. Now, when you're looking at this offense overall, I do think they're going to want to pass the ball a lot and they will prioritize that, but it's probably going to hold pretty similar to what they did last year. I have a similar number of passing attempts, a similar number of rushing attempts. The one caveat here is if we do see a dramatic improvement in the defense, maybe the offense is on the field a little bit less, but also, as this offense kind of forms and Goff gets used to it and Laporta comes into it and, and Williams comes back from suspension, I just think it can be an overall more efficient offense and find the red zone more. So, you know, it, it's a little bit of a, of a variable projection when it comes to the Detroit Lions offense, but... I'm willing to lean into it, and I'm definitely willing to get excited about Jameer Gibbs, who I was excited about all the way through the draft process. Now we have draft capital. Now we have a clear emphasis on wanting to get him involved. So for context here, I have Travis Etienne at running back 12. That's going to be a pretty similar projection to where he finished last year. And I have Ramadre Stevenson at running back 16. Again, a pretty similar projection to the way he finished last year. So Gibbs right in between those two guys uh, in, in not a huge amount of, uh, of, of difference in, in total fantasy points between those two so definitely a strong projection for Jameer Gibbs now when you look at his ADP and where he is going in underdog he's the running back 14 so spot on with the projection here and he's overall ranked 39 so he's going into the fourth round I would take Jameer Gibbs into the third round, right? I would not let him get out of the third round. It's probably a better way of saying that. So I think if you can get him early fourth round in your underdog or otherwise seasonal leagues, that is a huge value and one that I would be taking advantage of. And I should say that I am taking advantage of because I have a pretty high exposure to him. Now we're going to slide a little bit further down here and we're going to get into the murky territory, okay? Because once we get past running back ah, 17, 18, 18, 19, things start to get really messy with running back projections, and it's going to be a wide open, uh, a wide open set of projections, you know, in, in terms of how guys could shuffle up and down. But at 26 right now is Devin Achain. So he's my third highest projected rookie running back. So let's talk about Achain in the context of the Miami Dolphins offense. So we definitely have multiple guys that are going to be touching the ball in the backfield. I think Raheem Mostert is absolutely still going to get his. And I think Mostert is actually going to lead the way in terms of touches on the ground. I have 155 rushing attempts for Raheem Mostert on the ground. I have 134 rushing attempts for Devin Achain uh, on the ground. However, this is where... Achain is going to be a, a much more of a ceiling play, right? If you take Mostert, Gaskin, and Wilson's targets combined, they are less than Achain. So I have Achain at 58 targets, catching 75% of those, three touchdowns through the air, three touchdowns on the ground, and we're going to see now a pretty explosive player. I should mention, too, Achain, 8 yards per reception in my projections, 5.2 yards per rush. So I think he's going to be hyper-efficient. I think Mike McDaniels is going to scheme him into efficiency, scheme him into explosive situations here. And I think he's going to be a really fun player. 
uh, a really fun weapon that's going to be deployed intentionally and in an explosive capacity here in a Miami Dolphins offense that's going to be set to make a big impact this year. If you compare that to some other rookie seasons, you know, you could be looking at J.K. Dobbins' 2020 season or uh, Damian Pierce's 2022 season. So although, you know, he doesn't have quite as high of a volume, He's going to have a similar projection as a guy like Damian Pierce, who folks found a lot of value in last year, right? If you took him in seasonal leagues. Now, in underdog, he is running back 36 coming off the board. So I have him almost 10 spots higher. Now, again, a little bit of a caveat. Running back 36 is still somewhat in the ballpark of running back 26. It does get really tight there. But still, that's a really good value there for Achain, and I'm definitely going to be investing in him. Next running back up for me is Zach Charbonnet. Zach Charbonnet is running back 31 in my projections. And of course, this is a messy projection, right? This is a messy backfield. And we're taking this out of the context of Dynasty and, and what happens if an injury, you know, pops up. Well, you know, when you're doing projections, you cannot pr uh, predict injury, right? You can't predict opportunity in that way. So this projection is coming through with a, you know, a, a fully clean and healthy season for Kenneth Walker, a fully clean and healthy season for Zach Charbonnet. So I have Charbonnet at 33% of the rushing market, 6% of the receiving market. Kenneth Walker, for context, 45% of the rushing market, 5% of the receiving market. So, gosh, it's, you know, it's going to be close in a lot of ways, but I do think the nod is going to go to Kenneth Walker. Now, it's interesting here, you know, there's a lot of theories as to, you know, Walker being the explosive guy and Charbonnet being the grinded out guy, but I think Charbonnet is, is a, actually a better athlete in a lot of ways. He's a better pass catcher in a lot of ways. Um... But let's focus in on Sharp and what he can realistically do. 165 attempts, that's still really high. You know, you're looking at Seattle, and I think what we need to keep in the context here is that Seattle's going to want to run the ball. Now, last year they passed the ball 573 times and ran the ball 425 times. I think that they that this Zach Charbonnet uh, drafting, you know, really emphasizes here. It's an indicator that Pete Carroll wants to go back to running the ball as a priority. So I have 75 additional rushing attempts for the offense over the course of the season and 40 less passing attempts. I think that Seattle got into a position where they had to pass the ball more because of the injuries at the running back position last year, right? So they got rid of Penny, who struggled to stay healthy. They brought in Charbonnet. And so even at, you know, 33% of the market share and even being running back to 165 attempts on the ground is still, you know, just about even to the last guy we were talking about in A-Chain. All right, so 825 rushing yards, that's at an efficient five yards per rush, four rushing touchdowns for Charbonnet, just 31 targets, but again, that is more than Kenneth Walker, one touchdown through the air. So, you know, Charbonnet, again, you know, not somebody you're going to be able to rely on week in and week out, uh, you know, probably a deeper flex here if you're playing in a seasonal league, but you know, a great play in best ball, right? Because in best ball, you're going to have the ability to just ride with his high weeks and not have to worry about his low weeks. He is uh, running back 32 in underdog ADP right now, so he is spot on with my running back 31 projection. Definitely happy about that. Those are the big backfields to break down. Like, those are the key ones that I want to get into. I do want to briefly touch on some of these other backfields as well um, because, 
you know, this, these guys are going to start to get really jumbled up. So there's a few names here, and I'm just going to call them out, and then we'll dig into some of them briefly. You know, you have Roshan Johnson at Chicago. He's my running back, 42. Tank Bigsby in Jacksonville, my running back, 44. Chase Brown in Cincinnati is my running back, 46. Deuce Vaughn, running back, 50. Israel Banacanda, running back, 51. Kendra Miller is running back, 52. Zach Evans is uh, running back, 53. All of these guys can pop for different reasons, and that makes them valuable you know, uh, targets here as you get later into your seasonal leagues, as you get later into your underdog drafts. So let's start here with Roshan Johnson. So an underdog, he's running back 45. He's running back 42 in my projection. So it's pretty similar, but you, know, you could extrapolate potentially a little bit of value there with Roshan. It, this is going to be an interesting one. I do think Khalil Herbert gets first shot in the offense because Herbert's really efficient. And if they had not left a, a, the draft with a with a rookie running back, I wouldn't have been surprised. And I would have been wheels up on Khalil Herbert. I think Roshan Johnson is a three-down back. He's going to get on the field, 120 rushing attempts, uh, 27 targets. He's good in pass pro. So I think he's just going to be on the field wherever he can to kind of spell Herbert uh, and just to get a, a pretty healthy rotation between those two guys. So the question is going to be, can Johnson gain this backfield over the course of the season? And I think a little bit too is, is you know, is Johnson's pass protecting ability, you know, uh, of protecting the young Justin Fields going to help him win more and more snaps as he gets through the season. I think that is definitely a possibility. Johnson might be a guy that comes on slow, but all of a sudden in weeks, you know, uh, 10, 11, 12, 13 is now becoming, you know, a really solid producer, eight, nine, you know, half PPR points per game, right? So that's definitely a possibility here with Roshan Johnson. So although he's technically running back two in the Chicago offense for me, I think he could end up being the running back one as we get through uh, in, in towards the end of the season. Now, the other guy that's definitely very interesting and somebody that I, I get a lot of questions on in the Discord about his rookie value is Tank Bigsby. So I mentioned Ivan projected his running back 44. He's currently going 51 on underdog. So, you know, a little bit of a value there. I do think that this is going to be Travis Etienne's backfield, you know, primarily. That being said, I think they were really intentional in drafting Tank Bigsby, who complements Etienne really well. And remember, Etienne's been a hyper-efficient running back. You know, that was through college, and that's where they want him to be in Jacksonville as well. So I do think Bigsby's going to get on the field. I have 170 touches for him, so he's going to get his. He's going to get on the field. The question is going to be efficiency with Tank Bigsby. I have him at 4.5 yards per rush which is pretty average and then the other question is is he going to get red zone look so I currently have met four rushing touchdowns if he ends up being more of the red zone guy than Travis Etienne then all of a sudden we could see a major value point here and Bigsby is the guy if we're talking about seasonal or you know like I said underdog drafts you know Bigsby is a perfect example of a guy that although you can't project this if Travis Etienne does miss time for injury, Bigsby's the guy that's going to be able to step up, have 15 to 20 touches per uh, game, and be efficient with that and find the red zone with that. He's got that skill set. So those are guys that are definitely worth targeting, right? The next one up is a little bit trickier here, talking about Chase Brown in Cincinnati, because depending on the week, you know, either Joe Mixon is getting cut or Joe Mixon isn't getting cut. Uh, his ADP right now, an underdog, is 53. And in my rankings, he's 46. So 
I'm leaning a little bit more into, you know, Joe Mixon potentially getting cut, but that's actually not in my projections. Joe Mixon is in the Cincinnati tab. He's on the, the you know, he's on the projection sheet as being there and playing for the full season. The thing I think that we're not talking enough about is that, you know, past Joe Mixon, I do think Chase Brown is running back too pretty quickly in this offense, right? And, and so... I think he's going to be able to get on the field. I think he's going to be able to contribute on the ground with 118 touches, another 27 receptions, and you can find the end zone three times total. And that's just as a rotational guy because I really like Chase Brown's production in college. I liked his pass catching ability. I think he was really slept on as a pass catcher. And Joe Mixon, even if he is on the team and is running back one, again, he is somebody who has struggled to play full healthy seasons. And so Chase Brown... I think is really valuable in that way. Deuce Vaughn, I don't want to get too much into Deuce Vaughn. I just think he's got a little bit of value there as a pass-catching spellback with Tony Pollard. I don't think that they're going to, you know, exclusively involve Tony Pollard. Izzy Abanacanda, he has a little bit of uh, value here with Brees Hall's early season injury. I probably wouldn't be targeting him in seasonal leagues or in underdog drafts. The one I'm going to get questions on is definitely Kendra Miller. And, and, you know, this is where we struggle with uh, with a projection, right? Because in a projection, I don't have a suspension for Alvin Kamara yet. And although I did knock Alvin Kamara's volume a little bit because of that, it is difficult to say, you know, oh, Kamara is going to have, you know, four weeks less volume, six weeks less volume. So Miller is somebody who, you know, if we hear that a suspension is coming from Alvin Kamara, you know, definitely could jump up into the projections and he could be closer to a running back three, right? But in the meantime here, you kind of have to project without that happening. And so his ADP projection or his ADP 80, his underdog ADP is 44, where his rookie big board projection is 52. So it's actually not that much lower. What I don't want folks to sleep on is the fact that Jamal Williams is in this offense. And I don't think we can immediately bypass Jamal Williams for Kendra Miller. That being said, I've been lower on Kendra Miller the whole way through. You could call this take lock, but I don't see this immediate power back that's going to be able to step in and vulture touchdowns. And so I have a three touchdown projection. I have four touchdowns for Kamara and Jamal Williams, you know, individually here, except Kamara and Williams have some pass catching touchdown upside where I really don't think Kendra Miller brings that. The other question here for Kendra Miller is can he be efficient? I didn't see an efficient running back on tape and I think he's going to really struggle from the big 12 and the questionable inconsistent vision that he had to be able to play in the NFL. So I've been just four yards per rush. So if he either gets more volume through Alvin Kamara missing more time than expected or if he can be more efficient and more effective in the red zone, those are all opportunities for his projection to jump and jump higher to where that underdog ADP is. But for me right now, he's a fade. But as you saw as I was going through this list here, most of these running backs are coming at a good value right now. And I think that's a real opportunity that we have to gain uh, value early on as we get through summer and as we get through training camp and especially as we get into the preseason what I find is that we lose that rookie value so especially if you're playing underdog you're doing seasonal drafts now I think you're going to be able to find more value overall and so this is really an opportunity to capitalize on that if you're somebody who likes to balance out your exposure right and you find yourself going really heavy on rookies 
you know, now is the time to do that. And you can kind of back off that exposure as you get into July, August, and, you know, even early September for those that are logging contests, you know, all the way up until the deadline there. So that's the projections here for the running backs. The plan is to do a pretty similar episode for wide receivers and then get into quarterbacks and tight ends. And this year, quarterbacks and tight ends is a really interesting projection set to talk through. So I'm very excited to do that. I'm very excited for all the off-season content that's coming your way. There really is no off-season here for the Rookie Big Board. There is no stop in the content coming your way. So you're going to want to make sure that you are a Rookie Big Board patron. Again, over at patreon.com slash rookiebigboard. For just $3 a month, folks, you are still getting top-notch content like what we're talking about here today. And do me a favor, if you are an avid listener of this podcast, make sure to drop it a five-star review. If you're listening to the end here, that means this is good insight. That means it was worth your time. So you got to make sure you're subscribed and please leave that five-star review. It really helps folks uh, get to know the podcast and get to kind of broaden that audience, help grow the Rookie Big Board community. And as always, I appreciate you checking out this episode of the Rookie Big Board. Rookie Big Board.